This is Music Mentality with Angie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Angie, she, her pronouns, and today we have Mac, who goes by This Mad Desire, he, him pronouns. Mac is this rock and roll, open-minded, courageous, and determined dude who achieves everything he puts his mind to. I met him at a conference and can easily say that prior to this interview, he was already providing a lot of insight and perspective into the music scene. A great listener and a man with much to contribute, Mac and I talk about the intersections of pain and music creation, the world of piano teaching and non-standardized guidance, and how we can honor the people who we have lost. Find him on any streaming platform by typing in This Mad Desire, and if you're listening closely right now, you'll probably recognize that today's background music isn't the usual. This is actually the instrumental to one of his songs, Operators Are Standing By, which you'll hear more of during this episode. Just a trigger warning that again, like most of these episodes, the themes of this one might be difficult for some listeners as we cover topics like suicide. How are you? Excellent. Yourself? Good, thank you. All right, so Mac, your lyrics—you have very interesting lyrics. A lot of your music well, is thank political. You. Thank you. Well, not not all of it. Not all of it. No, you're totally right. Not all of it at all. But um, there, there is some political. Sure, there is some political. And you know what? Like political topics within music really push the boundaries, and I think that's an amazing thing to do to be able to like go out there and write lyrics and music about your opinion or about about other people's opinions or current events as a way to like, um, I guess, bring attention towards it, bring awareness towards it. I want to ask how you come up with your lyrics. Yeah, but, but for example, um, Antifa and the Supremacists is probably the most, well, or, or American Dream are tied for the most political songs I've ever written. Um, but I wrote Antifa and the Supremacists. Um, like, first of all, like just, just imagine Antifa. And then imagine who the white supremacists are, right? And then they're uh, um, going to be fighting at some riot, right, in America. And during the pandemic, that kind of stuff was like written large, and I think it still is. But the, but the weirdest thing was like you know a couple of years ago when I you know after I wrote that song, um, I made friends with um, a person named uh, Dan Kanopka, who is the drummer in a band called OK Go. And OK Go is not a political band at all. <laughs> um, but they are a Grammy award-winning band that uh, makes amazing music videos. 
And somehow we became friends. And the first song that he wanted to work on with me was Antifa and the Supremacists. And then days, like just like two or three days after he gave me back his drums for that song, I was attacked on the street. But anyway, like within 20 minutes, you know, they'd arrested the person and I was on the floor in a pool of my blood in an A&W because some uh, people that, you know, were just walking around, ran up and helped. And it was really tough. It was really, really tough. Um, the truth is it was just a random attack, but that can happen to anyone. And, uh, you know, there's people who are attacked by uh, people like this all the time. After being in the hospital, you know, all my stitches in and everything like that. And it was like so weird. I posted on um, Facebook. And then within about an hour, it was shared like 33,000 times. Wow. That's a community right there. Yeah, but that's also like, um, it showed me, like I deleted it. Like as soon as I woke up in the morning. Because yeah, I saw that 33,000 times shared. And then also like the comments coming in were ranging from, oh man, you hope you get better to, you know, like college age kids going, fucking hope you die. You know, like weird, you know, like just like beyond crazy stuff. That's horrible. Like, yeah. What? Why? 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, uh, just a range of stuff. And I was, um, so, 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 so I was, uh, you know, um, struck by just the strength of that. And then I took it down on my, um, cause it did from my business page. It was able to delete across the whole internet really quickly. But even still, like when I went to my doctor's office and stuff like that, like a week later, you know, to uh, check in on things, all the secretaries said, oh, we saw this in the newspaper, but they didn't see it in the newspaper. They saw it on Reddit and they saw it on Facebook or they saw it wherever they did. Mm-hmm. But they thought, but it was not in the newspaper at all because I asked everyone to keep it out of the press. Of course. Um, but anyway, it was interesting just to see how people are, you know. So why, so did you choose to delete that because of the comments that you were getting? Yeah, it just too much. It just too much. Like, you know, I was so, uh, I was in so much physical pain. Yeah, of course. Like, why add on to that emotionally? That's such bullshit. Like, why, where does this even come, like, where do they get off saying, you know, like, you should die or, you know, whatever else comments after something so traumatic happens? You you get on the internet and you find out there's people that have no compunction about, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, people talk about, you know, um, young girls, like teenage girls and stuff, you know, being, um, upset about their body image or whatever, right? And it's so easy to understand because people on the internet are, you know, well, they're shielded. Like they will say anything that, uh, let's be honest, they would not say to you in your face. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of really mean comments. Honestly, even when I started um, a mental health organization a couple of years ago at my university, um, the amount, of, like we were in newspapers and stuff and the amount of comments that we got talking about how, you know, we're spineless for feeling depressed or, you know, we're just complaining and whining about the, like not feeling heard or seen or whatever. And like, like we are so overwhelmed with the amount of hatred we received for standing up for basic, uh, mental health rights after fall, after a suicide epidemic. 
That's ridiculous. A suicide epidemic? Yeah, the, yeah. So our school went through um, four suicides in one year, and then following that, just a couple of months in January and February, there was I think one or two more. So in total, I think it was like five or six suicides within about a year. Um, there was nothing, all on the campus. Nothing worse. Nothing worse. Nothing worse. Yeah, and then you got people like talking about how these people are spineless and they can't handle reality and they can't handle life and stuff. And I'm like, w- these people have passed away hey, now. Just, uh, just chin up and uh, you know, get get uh, get smarter and stronger, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, great advice. Yeah, literally. Like, okay. Or like when people constantly argue that oh, mental health isn't real or it wasn't real X amount of years ago and now it is because like people are complaining about it and they like want attention and stuff. That's not true. Just several years ago or like say 20 years ago, we weren't talking about it. When people kill themselves, it's not for attention. No, why? How would they get the attention after they've left this earth? Like, you know, I I have known people, you know, that have done that and uh, it was never a good uh, process to find uh, the aftermath, right? Yeah. And uh, once you find out afterwards um, that someone has done that, it is, um, it's scary and it's sad to pick up the pieces, right? I, I was uh, in uh, Manitoba, mm-hmm. and my mother, uh, had, and my mother always comes up, but she'd given me this book by Leonard Cohen. Mm. Anyway, um, I was reading through this book of his old poems, and it turns out that in Flowers for Hitler, he had written this poem. And, it, you know, I, I could tell by the, the look of the I didn't even have to read it. It's like the shape of the poem. Like, I had sang this song so many times. Nice. This, this is a few years later. And then it was about a 10-year process, you know, or, or maybe more. Where I was trying to contact, you know, the... Uh, publishing house and like trying to find out his family and stuff eventually i did get through to his uh, estate lawyer after he died in beverly hills and uh he asked for the mp3 <laughs> and then um never heard anything further and i you know kept uh, trying to get you know in contact and stuff but uh anyways yeah it's just leonard cohen lyric and uh, it's like, yes, I uh, I now have a song I've co-written with Leonard Cohen, <laughs> which is available everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not a lot of people can say that, right? Yeah. I mean, that is, uh, I don't want to glorify a tragedy by any means. That is a tragedy. That's what it is at its core. It's, uh, it's a horrible thing. And then, and then my, uh, and the reason I released it is because my drummer died unexpectedly. And so I felt like it was important to commemorate both of those people in song and just have it be available because um, what else can you do? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that this music holds so much power. It's like, it's going to last forever. And within this music, these people yeah. still live, right? Yeah. And and and, and, and uh, basic concept is that uh, any any money I ever make from that song, I will always donate to mental health uh, crisis centers in uh, in North America. Well, anywhere, but but mostly North America, I would think. That's amazing. Honestly, that's a really, really great initiative. And I think it's really important to take those initiatives. Like, I don't think there's enough people out there who, you know, um, there's a lot of performative people out there 
who say they care about mental health, but when it, when push comes to shove, they don't really do anything about it. They kind of just stand on the sidelines and, you know, they're like, oh, damn, that sucks. And that's about it. Yeah. But- well, you know, and well, to be honest, I haven't made a whole lot of money off this track yet so far. So, you know, let's be fair about that. But like, like let's imagine if I did, that's the concept. Yeah, but even donating that money, even making those tracks, it's not necessarily about the money. It's about putting that thought into it and keeping these people alive through that music that is the most important thing that continues to raise awareness. Yeah, oh, I, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you have to be honest with yourself and honest with uh, your public and your you know fans and everything like that. Like, mm-hmm. This is what's going to happen. And, uh, and, and hopefully it leads to, you know... Um, yeah, like you say, greater awareness. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have to go through all of your struggles alone. Yeah, absolutely not. And music kind of like, I don't know about you, but sometimes being a musician is both one of the most social careers and one of the most lonely careers. It, it can be very alienated in, in, in a lot of ways, but uh, just because you're, um, well, I, I don't know if you've ever been a touring artist, but when you're a touring artist, for example, um, when you're touring, you are really in a silo. And yes, you're playing in a lot of different cities and maybe there's a lot of people that show up and stuff, but nobody ever talks to you other than people like randomly, you, you know, well, I mean, there's parties and all that, whatever, but, um, like you're in town for a day, right? Or less. Mm-hmm. Like I was just talking to a buddy of mine, um, in uh, New York, I was saying, you know, listen, the guys in New York, I was there in and out 12 hours. Showed up. Uh, yeah, I met a bunch of, um, you know, uh, burlesque performers and wound up in a limo and uh, saw them all snorting cocaine. And then I got them to bring me drinks on stage and stuff like that. But by three o'clock in the morning, I was gone. Like, what did I see? Nothing. <laughs> I was like, I saw, <laughs> I saw the venue and I saw these girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the epitome of like being alone in a crowded room, right? Like just because you're in the presence of people doesn't mean that you're not lonely. Um, but at the same time, that feeling unfortunately creates art. And I say this all the time. It's 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 because it's true, but it's also so hey. sad. I wrote a song all about it, and it's, uh, <laughs> you know. Actually, can you dive more into into that? Sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I, I was saying I went to New York and then uh, came back home and then uh, was alone with the piano. And, you know, obviously, I had a great, great experience in New York, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, seconds later, I was on the, you know, when I got home, I was in the piano, and, you know, just kind of... Uh, in my own like piano mode right? in your element <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you know i was just thinking like what are the lyrics and stuff like that yeah so i i made a draft of it and stuff and uh, yeah eventually a couple of years ago um you know i went uh, to toronto and i recorded it properly um but before i did that actually i contacted a few friends of mine and asked you know Tell me with like revising the lyrics and stuff. Because that's another thing I do is I, I try to collaborate with people too and find out, you know, you know, what do you think about this and uh, how mm-hmm. can you change that and stuff like that. 
Uh, and I always find there's, you know, other opportunities to learn more about the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. Because they always have something else to the table. doesn't matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a few people, you know, they wrote me their uh, thoughts. I didn't actually use any of them, but, um, but I thought because I was starting the whole thing off in New York, I ended the whole thing off in L.A., and uh, that worked out perfectly because, you know, as it turns out, I was working with people from Hollywood when I, you know, was putting the record together and stuff. And, uh, and maybe it was foreshadowing. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that was part of the, uh, how does Freud describe the brain? Like there's your uh, uh, ego and your id and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, your super ego, your ego. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking psych. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you know all that stuff. <laughs> no, so would you say, like, um, that's your, I don't want yeah, I guess, would you say that's your anthem? Like, what is your personal anthem, quote-unquote, that you've written, that you're like, this is me? The absolute number one song I have is called Operators Are Standing By. Operators Are no, Standing there By. There is no question, yeah. And that song is about human connection. And uh, the first version of it is the way I got back into the music industry um, in 2017. So first of all, there's, there's a brand new remix that just came out uh, that a Brazilian artist uh, named Polino did. And it's got a brand new video and everything like that. But uh, when I first did it, it was kind of like I'd been out of the music industry for a few years. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, you know, kind of wanted to inch back into it and stuff. And I wrote this song called Operators Are Standing By. And Operators Are Standing By was really about, well, first of all, it was around the same time I was writing it um, is when uh, Trump took the election. And so I sang about a female president, you know, and I, and I referred to the American president as her. You know, she got the news, you know, kind of thing, right? And I thought, uh, you know, just to be uh, honest, like, most people, like when you're kind of down in the dumps or when you're, uh, uh, you know, like many things might happen to you in life, but um, if you don't reach out, well, nothing's going to happen. But there's a lot of people, you know, they might be your family, they might be your friends, they might be, uh, you know, uh, various other social services, whatever it might be. Um, there's a lot of people who are willing to listen to you and operate mm-hmm. standing by, right? So true. And, and then, so I wound up making a crazy, awesome music video that went um, you know, kind of viral, well, viral to a certain extent. And we had like 200 something thousand uh, views on YouTube and whatever. But um, it's a great, great video, very cool video. And there's like 30 actors, and, like 15 crew, and all that kind of stuff. And everyone, was just so into the concept of the song and they loved the feeling of it and everything. Um, that at the end of the day, we didn't have enough footage. And every single person was like doing this for free. And they all had their own day jobs and everything like that. So I had to, you know, I had to call them up all individually and say, listen, can you come back on Monday, you know, a week and a half from now and you know, we got to finish this up and stuff, and we need continuity. Therefore, you need to be there. <laughs> and you might have to take your day off work and stuff like that. Right? And every single person said yes. Wow. There was wow. no question. It was the funnest thing I've ever done in my whole life. That's amazing. That is like connection building. 
Yeah. Wow. That's honestly, that's amazing. And I really like the idea of that song because it's true. I mean, it is really difficult for a lot of people to reach out. I mean, reaching out and coming out with your story and vocalizing it and, you know, admitting it to people is one of the hardest things that anyone could possibly do. And sometimes our society does not make it any easier for anyone to do it. And it's really unfortunate, like, especially with, and I recently spoke about this, but with cancel culture and, you know, all these different stereotypes. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it makes it, again, it doesn't make it accessible for people to come out. It feels so, like, like a judgment zone and no one ever upholds a judgment free zone anymore. And that makes it really difficult to talk. So I really like that people can resonate with that song and know that, you know, there are still people like you who care out there. And, you know, sometimes I listen to music and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is so deep. I wonder if it's a cry for help. Cause sometimes I just want to reach out to this artist. Yeah. How, like how many famous singers have you ever heard of that kill themselves? Right. Yeah. And it's not, not necessarily to do with, the fame got them. It was, you know, it was because they just didn't have an outlet. There's just so many things that happen in people's lives yeah. that prevent them from having uh, true conversations with people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find that music is like the best tool or the best method personally that allows me to be able to communicate without actually communicating without being like hey i need help instead i'm like hey i need help <laughs> but I, I wanted to ask you just a quick question you got yeah you, you told me that you did a grade 10 piano is that correct yes one of my students is in level four and you know she wants to play pop songs and other songs and the songs that she wants to play. And I feel for that. Like, trust me, when I was when I was 12 years old, I didn't want to sit down and play Mozart. I wanted to sit down and play a song that other people can sing to. So <laughs> I get that. Um, yeah, I, I used to have tons of students. Like, I had about 40 families I was teaching at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if there's any more, but uh, I used to teach piano. And uh, uh, sometimes it's like my better students that were in the conservatory system. But I was, there was kids I had that were um, like early teenagers, like mm-hmm. tweens. And uh, they might have uh, not practiced the week before. And so they would show up to me and they would would be ashamed. Mm -hmm. Because they knew, um, not not that I was a disciplinarian, because I was not at all. But they just wanted to show me that they had mastered the material and all that kind of stuff. But, um, But we were in a church where I was teaching. And uh, I remember this one time, this girl, she was having a real hard time at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of got the sense that she just needed to relax for a minute. Um, and, and she was like one of my best students. And so I said, you know, why don't we um, just walk into the sanctuary for a second? Because we had access to the sanctuary of the church. And we just sat there in the church. And I just watched her cry for like a minute and a half. And then eventually she explained to me what was going on, that there was problems at home. You know, mom and dad are fighting, you know, whatever. But uh, just, she didn't get that kind of moment at school, you know? Because she was at school all day long, and like, it's, you know, it's, uh, you're doing stuff all day long, and you can't, uh, you don't get a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, the next week, of course, uh, she had uh, practiced like you can't believe. <laughs> 
but uh, just uh, you know, and and, and so, you know, some of the other kids that were sort of similar in that situation. They eventually, when they became uh, older, they found me as you know a friend on uh, Instagram and crap like that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you just never know what anyone's going through. Yeah, that's so true. Like I've got so many students. I remember there was one student who. Um, she didn't practice for a week and, you know, I'm not ever quick to jump and be like, why didn't you practice? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't like, I don't like that kind of method of teaching. You know, I always think there's a reason as to why the student didn't practice. It might be because they don't like the song. They don't like the music or because they're going through personal issues or whatever else. And it's like really important to have that open space and that over open conversation. And I always tell my students at the beginning of any lesson or sorry, when I first take on them, I'm like, know that I'm, you're teaching me as much as I'm teaching you. So like be transparent, guide me as well. If there's something you don't like, we'll try and find a compromise. But I did have one student who um, was getting so bullied at school. She didn't go to school for three weeks. And during oh. that time, yeah, she like craziest. It's it's so unfortunate. And this girl was, I think she was fourteen but, 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 or fifteen. Let me, let me ask you a question: Were you ever bullied at school? Like I was bullied at school. Oh, I was bullied at school. <laughs> I was weird. I was bullied at school. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I recall all kinds of terrible situations. It's uh, you know, I think it's tough being an adult and it's, uh, just imagine being a kid. Yeah. No, I I remember this one time um, in the fourth grade, I had just come to a new school and I had no friends yet. And it was maybe like four months into school and I still had no friends. And I was just building a little snow fort on my own. And this girl came up to me and she's like, hi. And I'm like, oh my God, hi, want to play? And she's like, no, I just wanted to say that no one liked you and walked away. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go. I'll just keep building my fort over here, not bothering anyone. Oh, that's so crazy. Kids can be mean. Well, of course they are, because they come from parents who are mean or they're not mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, even so, not justifying it, but there definitely more than likely is a reason to why a child might be acting the way that they are acting. So uh, I think there's 100% a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I just never want to justify being mean. Like, I, I really don't like it when people are like, oh, I'm mean, but it's only because, you know, I'm clinically depressed, so it makes it okay. No, it doesn't make it okay. Like, I, I get where it's coming from, but it doesn't make it okay. So uh, That's an interesting point that you just made, because uh, uh, that's something I know that uh, um, exists in society. It's like sometimes when you're diagnosed with uh, something, you, you know, sometimes people tend to use that as an excuse. Yeah, but it's it's not an excuse. I feel for those people. Believe me, I do. And I'm like, no one deserves that. I do not wish any mental health challenge upon my worst enemy. But it's, it's super, it's super tough, you know, all around. Like, and, and the people that think of it as an excuse, like that's a coping mechanism too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. For for the most part, I mean, and, and once, uh, well, I, you know, I'm not going to say everyone can be uh, saved or anything because you can't. Uh, you know what, like sometimes, you know, first of all, number one, we can't know anything mm-hmm. except for what we find out. Absolutely. And if we're lucky, we can meet people that are friendly to our uh, perspectives mm-hmm. and become friends and maybe help each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if, if we're lucky, our family is like that too. And if they're not, you know, up to back to friends, you know, you know, mm-hmm. but, yeah. uh, but, but the more you reach out and meet people, the more you can find, there's probably more common ground out there than you might imagine. Oh, yeah. And one last thing, how can people find your music? Because that is very important. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, um, obviously, um, the simplest thing is uh, thismaddesire.net. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to connecting with as many people as possible. Awesome. This Mad Desire. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing so many, like so many stories. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at Music Mentality with Angie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.